It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and today I'm joined by Kevin McCluskey, James McKenzie and Sean Connolly to talk about Aberdeen 1, Celtic 3. Kevin McCluskey, I'll start with you. Talk me through that second half. Yeah, I uh, I thought it was a really good second half. I thought the whole game was really good. Um, not just from a Celtic perspective, you know, you're happy to take the three points, but as an advert for Scottish football, I thought that was a really good game and... Uh, you've got to give Aberdeen as much credit as you possibly can for making it so, because for the whole game, they pressed us really well. They kept us, pinned us back at times in our own half, didn't give our kind of ball-playing players like McGregor time to settle on the ball, which led to him having a, a poor game by his standards. Um, they forced us into making quite a few mistakes, but at the end of it, we've dug deep. We've overcome that. We've played a bit to our strengths as well. The game gets scrappy, but we kept at it. And coming away from Petodre with three points is a big result. It's a good result. Um, but for me, I think, as I say, the most pleasing thing is this was like a game from the 1980s or something like that, when getting three points with Petodre really meant something. We've had to fight for that. We've had to dig for it. And we've shown a bit of character. We've got the three points. And there's some really positives to come from that second half as well, especially off the bench. Yang, mm-hmm. I thought, looked... Really good when he came on. He's obviously set the goal up, but other than that, he's he's played well. Oden home, I thought again, brought a bit of composure to the midfield. When the game was getting scrappy, he was the one kind of bringing the ball down, making passes. And Matt O'Reilly caps off with the third goal. So really good second half, really good game uh, as a 
kind of holistic overview. But from the Celtic point of view, to get the three points, fantastic. Can we change the post-match uh, tagline to holistic overview? Aberdeen yes. versus Celtic, holistic <laughs> overview. Yeah, I like that, overview. Kev. <laughs> where, were you, where were you hiding that one? Right, I'm going to uh, stick on the subject I, I, to Callum McGregor. The other day, so I've got a few of these big words coming out. <laughs> oh, my word. Superb. Right, I'm going to ask yourself first, Sean, then, on the, the subject of McGregor, one thing that I thought was pretty evident, and this isn't a dig at Turnbull, it's not a dig at this experiment, as it was being called at halftime, about Turnbull playing ahead of Rio. I, I thought McGregor looked better when Rio attacked was on the pitch. What, what was your take on that? I, I don't know. It's a fair point to correlate it with Hitati coming on, but yeah, I did think he was better overall, um, whether that was because of Hitati or not. Because um, I thought he was fine, he was good as well when when Holm was on. I actually quite liked the look of Holm. He, uh, he had a good touch, good good drive, good pass, range of passing. I quite liked the look of him. I'd, and I, I reckon with the, well, I'd, I guess Hitati would probably be out for a couple of weeks now, so we might get a chance to see Holm a, few, a bit more. Um whether Turnbull comes back in or not, right? We're going to at least see him coming off the bench. You know, you mentioned there the, the injury to Atati, um, and that, that kind of like piles on the injury misery. Eh? You know, Carter mm-hmm. Vickers gets injured in the first half. Uh, You've seen him hobbling back to the dugout. Um, during the second half, we know that O's out for about six weeks. Johnson's still fighting back to full fitness. And of course, don't forget Mikey Johnson either. Um, but I mean, that, that just shows you though, in terms of the the pre-season and the transfer activity, James, that, you know, a game like that today, you come away for that, two injuries to two big players. You need that depth. You really need that depth in the squad. And I think that's where some of the frustration lies with Celtic fans during this pre-season. Yeah, I think that was really sort of emphasising that the fact that, I can't remember how many injuries there actually is. We have a big squad we the squad is absolutely massive to the extent where there's going to be players that we've signed this summer or players who have had parts to play under Andrew's team that may miss out on this Champions League squad. There's going to be some notable names that will miss out. It'll be interesting to keep an eye on the Champions League squad when it is announced. But I thought the players that came on done well in that second half. I thought when Hatati came on, you could tell the energy levels had risen. We weren't getting turned over in midfield as much because of the work that Hatati was doing. You're seeing him and McGregor at points sort of defending in pairs together to try and win the ball back. But I was quite annoyed when Hatati went off injured because he'll be absolutely massive for us in the Champions League. But I thought another player I want to touch on who I thought had a solid performance. I thought Stephen Welsh done really well. Like, well, we've all, well, some of the acts I'm going to beat us, myself included, we've had some thoughts on Welsh that he's been a bit unfairly criticised at points. Whenever he comes, he doesn't really do too bad of a job. And I thought he was solid enough today. Aberdeen have got some tall, big strikers there in their team, big forwards. And they defended really, I thought, really well. Same with Navrovsky. I thought he was exceptional as well. I think it was one of the Celtic TV commentators said he was his man of the match. Mm. And would have been up there for me. Matt O'Reilly was my man of the match. I thought he was exceptional today. And the goal was just the cherry on the cake. It was good work from Yang for the goal as well. I thought he looked really lively whenever I've seen him. It was an athletic club game in particular that really stood out for me. And he does well, he does brilliantly for the goal. He takes on his man, gets on his left foot. I think his left is his weaker foot, but you wouldn't think it from the cross because he puts it right along the ground straight to O'Reilly's feet. And then all he has to do is pick a corner and then hammer it. He does just that, but it's a sort of game that we could have we could have perhaps dropped points in and at other moments. But 
Paul made a very good point. If it was an Ange team, it would have just been gung-ho, going straight for them. But we soaked up everything that Aberdeen were throwing at us and then we went straight at them and then we got the goal and we finished it off. It's a, it was a professional performance and I thought it was a good enough performance. We'll have another tough test next Sunday at, at um, Rugby Park. They're for 18 points off Rangers, so we know they're nothing to be messed with. So it'll be interesting to see what sort of team Rogers feels for that one. Yeah, it will. At that point, um, and it, this isn't me, you know, saying Andrew's away, so let's just uh, tear up everything that we enjoyed about him. That, not, not at all. Uh, both of these coaches are fantastic at what they do, but I think you've seen a, a real change in the way we approached, particularly the last half, half hour of that game, Kevin McCluskey, where, you know, as I did say, Ange Postacoglu would have been going for the third, the fourth, the fifth, and I think that Rodgers is far more likely to soak up pressure, soak it up, and if you need to, you can get a break, but if you need to step it up a gear, you can do that as well. There were so many occasions where I've seen um, Stephen Welsh and uh, Joe Hart hoofing the ball out of the danger area. They just boot, they boot through it. Particularly Joe Hart, it was so noticeable because we, we didn't see that for two years. And he did it in that game today, probably more than he's done it in the two years under Ange. Listen, it's not maybe beautiful, attractive football, but how often did Joe Hart put himself under pressure? How often did we lose a goal because he tried to shimmy past someone or, or pass it to a centre-half, Kevin? He just put his toe through it. And it was a case, I felt, of a different approach from Brennan Rodgers. We're 2-1 we're up, but we were in control of that game and we soaked up the pressure. And I thought it was maybe, um, you know, for me, something that's a wee bit understated, a wee bit more kind of under the radar. But that, that was Brennan Rodgers all over that type of performance I felt this afternoon. Yeah, it's probably something as fans we're going to have to get used to and reacquaint ourselves with how Rodgers wants the team to play. Because we did get so used under Ange to it being this kind of beautiful style of football. It was constantly attacking and going for more goals. And if plan A didn't work, plan B was plan A but better. Yeah. It was just constantly going forward. Whereas today, as I say, Aberdeen were really good and they put us under pressure. But instead of us trying to do the, the Ange way of plan A but better and just keep on attacking and attacking, we did just sit back for a little while. We allowed Aberdeen to have a bit of the ball. We soaked up pressure. It was, uh, it was the game management that we all said at times was lacking under Ange, especially in, say, like the first six months or so. We managed the game today. Uh, it wasn't always beautiful football. It won't always be beautiful football under Brendan. Um, the point about Joe Hart going long, I noticed that at points in the game. He was just, he was just getting rid. And maybe the ball was returning, but it was returning from inside the Aberdeen half rather than him being caught in possession of the ball. So there's that wee bit more, just a bit more pragmatic style from Brendan mm-hmm. Rodgers. Um, and in a game like today, it was exactly what we needed because Aberdeen were up for it. We had to, as I said, dig deep. We had to stop them from creating chances. And when it came down to it, we were still able to, able to create chances of our own. And as the commentator said, you know, ah, it was 3-1, but we could have had four, we could have had five. They could have had another one or two as well, but you always felt that there was still a goal in that team today and they could always step up a gear if it was needed. Yeah, and just at halftime when Danielle was singing the praises of Joe Hart, Sean, he tries to take out an Aberdeen player and get himself sent off. But clearly yes. it was the experience of a former England England international goalie who knew he was offside. Eh? And he's just thinking, I'm just going to take him out here. I, I thought we got away with one there a wee bit. He was offside, but by God, I had my heart in my mouth at that point. 
Yeah, as yeah, he's getting a lot of praise, and we were talking about how uh, he was it appears to have permission, tacit or otherwise, to go along and get rid of it. And Aberdeen were playing very high, particularly at the start, so um, it, it seemed that that was necessary. <clears throat> but yeah, as as you said, he did. He was one offside flag away from getting a red card, so uh, it was worrisome. And there was the, the moment where he collided with Welsh, and again, I thought Welsh was injured after um, after we just had Hitati injured. It wasn't looking so good, but I can see that O'Reilly and Hart are both in the post match just now. So uh, one of them's got man of the match, uh, and I'm going to say it's probably Matt O'Reilly. Uh, I might have given it to Maeda if Maeda scores um, when he's through on goal. Uh, he, he obviously just panicked at that moment, uh, and, and if and if O'Reilly hasn't, so I think like I don't normally like to just say goals man in a match, but I think they two were both so good that that's kind of the decider between them for me, uh, and it's Matt O'Reilly for me. They definitely were up there. And this just shows you how we all watch games of football through different prisms because Daniel Brown comes in, not a patch on Andy's team of this time last year. I'm not disagreeing with that part, Daniel. It looks to me that neither Hatati nor Maeda have much enthusiasm to play for Rodgers. I think the opposite, particularly with Maeda, I thought Maeda was brilliant in that that during that game. There was one or two moments like the one V one, you're hoping he scores, he had another option, and then he's he's miskicked the ball maybe ten yards from goal, James. But overall, like Sean was saying, he was neck and neck for man of the match. I thought he was brilliant today. He, he looks really sharp. Yeah, I don't think you can watch uh Dyes Maeda performance and then question a lack of enthusiasm. I thought he was um hundred percent the entire game and he had the chance to finish it off at the end, but I think it was just trying to be too assured with the finish. It ends up running it too long and it cost them. But I thought for the majority of the game, I thought Dyes Maida was brilliant, especially at the end when when James Forrest came on those points where he was the centre forward. Dyes Maida, when Kyogo went off, he was hunting in packs with James Forrest. We saw that quite a few times, mm-hmm. which was quite a staple of Ange's team, the, the, the press. We saw it from Rogers' team as well today, hunting in packs. And it led to us turning over the ball a lot less. Now, I also want to touch on Anthony Ralston. I thought, he was really solid today. I mentioned in one of the blogs during the week that for Ralston to get back to his best, he needs to have some consistent game time. And with Ralston, with um, Alistair Johnson, sorry, being at the team, it's a bit of a blessing in disguise for Anthony Ralston and the fact that he'll be getting these minutes to get himself up to his best. And it doesn't even need to be starting. It's just maybe 20 minutes, half an hour off the bench or even an appearance in a League Cup game. That will, it's the, it's the game time that matters to him. It was, the season was so broken up uh, last year with injuries that these opportunities became really hard to come by. And then when he eventually did get the game time towards the end of the season, it was a really disjointed team. There was no stability to the side at all. So I think we could hopefully see him back to his best very soon this season. As I mentioned, Navrocki, I thought he was um, very solid as well. Yeah, I thought Ralston had a, an excellent game. I said that at half time, he was doing things. That Carter Vickers was failing to do. Carter Vickers had a an uncharacteristically poor first half, but I think we now know he was maybe carrying injury or he got an injury. It was a reoccurrences knee injury, uh, and we hope that isn't too serious, Kevin. But we do have perceptions of footballers, don't we? And I think Ralston has suffered more than most. Um, he, had, he had a really solid game today. I felt. Yeah, I felt so as well. And um, we spoke about him at half time. He was in the first half. He was the more solid out of the two full-backs, and that carried on into the second half. Um, Greg Taylor, I thought was, yeah, I thought he was just poor today. He had a tough shift on the left-hand side, and he 
he just failed. <laughs> for want of a better word, he failed to live up to the expectation that we've got of him. But definitely, Ralston, I thought, was really good. He was solid. And yeah, we do. We build up perceptions of players and we get ideas and images of how they should play every week in our heads. And it's, it's often unrealistic, you know. Um, we do it with somebody like Callum McGregor as well. We've got McGregor down as just being this midfielder who never gives the ball away, who's always unflustered and whatnot. Today, we didn't see that. Today, he was he was below his best, but... In fairness, he's probably had a decent game. It just wasn't a Callum McGregor decent game, if that makes sense to you. But um, I agree with James on on uh, on Ralston. I think he's he's a he's a good good right back, solid, dependable player. Um, what he struggled with last season was just not getting the consistent game time. I wonder if he'll get it once Johnston is back, because I'd still rate him as being my number one right back. But over the first couple of games of this season, he's shown that. If Brendan's the kind of manager now that is giving it, uh, giving the jersey to the player on form, then Ralston deserves it. You know, I, I'm going to ask that that very much that question. When you look at the situation we were in, Sean, with David Turnbull and Hatati, um, Hatati sitting on the bench for the first two games, Turnbull didn't really set the header alight today. And I'm sitting there in the second half thinking, well, does Hatati then start again? Has he got the jersey back? He gets injured. So you've then got that situation where are you then saying, right, back to you, Turnbull, or is it a Wata or even home? And I felt help home came on. I know it was something of a cameo. I thought he'd done pretty well today. Even when he lost the ball, he won it back. I was quite impressed with him. Um, so how do you play in a situation like that? Do you go back to Turnbull? Is, is it still his jersey? Or do you bring a Wata? Because I think, talking of perceptions, mm. my perception of Wata was he was a very good midfield player. And then we started yeah. playing him right back, centre-half, and, and we've seen a different performance level from him, and it's maybe built a different perception of the player. I thought he'd done really well in midfield. So, who do you pick now? Back to Turnbull, or is it a water? Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of a while, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's Rugby Park next week, as James said. So uh, the last time he was at Rugby Park, we were, what, 4-0 up after half an hour or something like that? Uh, so, what a performance, I could, Yeah, so I could definitely see Iwata coming back in for that one. Uh, Turnbull, though, man. Like like we said before the show in the pre-match, it's like do you, t- you have to take the bigger picture view with these things. It's a squad for Europe. You know, it's not just about winning every game, even though it is that, but, you know, like you have, to, if you can get both those things, that's ideal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I think yeah, it's surprising. Iwata didn't get off the bench. Home did, so it's probably going to be Turnbull back in. I reckon because I don't really see Home being given a start at Rugby Park. 
I know James is a big fan. You've kind of been uh, doing your scouting reports on him, James, and I was impressed with him. I've got to say, even like I say, a wee bit of character there where he loses the ball, wins it back, and he won it, won it back strongly as well. Um, but Awata, he's just kind of disappeared from view. I feel a bit sorry for him because obviously based on the performances of others, i.e. Kobayashi, he gets moved into defence tail end of last season. Then we're struggling for a right back, so he plays right back during the pre-season. I think he played six games, didn't he? And then he's just, you know, he's benched. But um, you've also got to look at what would it do for Turnbull if he gets dropped again? So how do, how do you play it yourself based on all of those factors, James? Yeah, I, I would start Turnbull. I can't imagine Kamarnock going too gung-ho or going too attacking where a midfield is going to get bypassed with ease. Aberdeen, if, if Celtic or Rangers come to town, they need to put try and put in a performance that the fans can be proud of. They need to go for it. And you'd think um, Kilmarnock being sort of one of the lesser teams in the league, sort of towards the bottom of the table, their emphasis is going to be to defend, try and contain, and then sort of catch it out quickly. Um, so I would go David Turnbull just on Greg Taylor there. I was raising the question to Paul and he was sort of knocking back my query of Alexandro Bernabe potentially coming into the team. I wouldn't play Alexandro Bernabe at Rugby Park because Danny Armstrong's Kilmarnock's best player. He's their key man and he, everything goes down Kilmarnock's right-hand side. So you'd probably want Greg Taylor there, but I think if Taylor doesn't put in a shift at Rugby Park next weekend, then St. Johnson, a very poor St. Johnson team, just before um, the week after, I would potentially give Alexandro Bernabe a start. A lot of people are going to be quick to write it off because of how he was last season, but it was in a system that he's he, he admitted himself that he wasn't suited to playing an inverted fullback. It was asking for things that he sort of couldn't really offer to the best of his abilities for the team. He's a traditional fullback, hit the byline, which is sort of what you would need in a Rodgers team. So it might be a bit of a bold shout, but if Taylor doesn't put in a good performance at Rugby Park next weekend, then I would put in Burnaby for that St. Johnson game. James used the word, Kevin, system, and the system seems to suit Ralston, but not Taylor. I'm, I'm looking at Greg Taylor's performance today without really trying to give him a hard time just for the sake of it. And just about every single contribution was he's lost possession. He's lost the ball. He's failed to get to... A, you know, there was a, there was an occasion actually where Kyogo played. It wasn't the best ball in the world, but it was. It should have got to Taylor, but Taylor made it look like a bad ball. And I don't mm. know, it, it's a different player this season compared to last and, and Greg Taylor. Is he going to be the victim of a different system? Uh, I think, unfortunately, he might be. I spoke about that with Hatate before the game, that he might be a victim of the way that um, Brendan Rodgers wants us to play the game. I think Taylor, with his performances in the first couple of games, has shown that he might also be a victim of that. He, For me, before Angie was a decent left-back and he was doing the basic things fairly well. He came in to replace, and I've spoken about this kind of at length before, he came in to replace Kieran Tierney and he was never going to replace Kieran Tierney doing what Tierney did. But he was doing all right at the, the very basics. Then Ange comes in and he's totally changed his game. He's picked out what he's good at. And this inverted fullback role absolutely suits Taylor's game. He's gone back to being a traditional fullback and... You can see the flaws that are there again. He's getting caught out positionally. He's today, I thought he was getting beat far too easily. He was allowing his man to get the cross in or get by him too easily. And domestically, if he's doing that, that's bad enough. He's going to get found big time doing that role as a, in, in Europe. 
So I think, yeah, I think he's a really good ball-playing left-back who can do the, the inverted stuff, but we might need to seriously now look at an upgrade at left-back if we're looking at the bigger picture and someone that can yeah. fit that up and down the line. I don't think it's Burnaby, though, um, because I still I still think that he he's a worse defender than Greg Taylor, in my opinion. I still think he gets cut out far too much. I like Burnaby, and I think he's more of an offensive player. So if we played a wing-back, he could do that. Or if we were playing as a, as a left midfielder, he could probably do that. I just wouldn't trust him as my full-back. So I think, I think going on the opening couple of games, and it's maybe well, it's opening a couple of games and it's pre-season. I think we might need to upgrade at left-back. Yeah, we'll see if that is a position that uh, Brendan Rogers will strengthen. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved in the post-match chat. What are you going to call it? A holistic review chat uh, as of next week? There we go. This holistic overview. And I think we also should uh, focus on the three goal scorers because, you know, I think at least, if, in fact, all three of them, we've maybe seen different sides to them since Brendan Rodgers came in. What are your thoughts on Abada being transformed under Brendan Rodgers, O'Reilly adding goals to his games? You know, that's two and two now. And Kyogo playing a slightly different role where he's dropping down deep, but he's no less effective. Uh, William O'Toole, Aberdeen had a good go, as they did. Eventually, we came through playing well enough um, and we will only improve. And with with regards to that, um, you know, Aberdeen, I think you, you look at that table... They've got a point on the board after two games. But, you know, you just think, Sean, compared to last season, they'll be okay. When you look at what Robson's doing there, I think Aberdeen will be okay. They gave us a right good game today. Yeah, yeah, but I just uh, don't expect much from in Europe on that, Sean. Uh, because when they go into, if they, if they go into the Europa League or if they drop into the Conference League, they're going to be facing teams of, Celtic standard, right? So they're hardly going to boost the coefficient uh, playing like that. I would, ex- but yeah, you're right. They're they're almost guaranteed to be top six, uh, and we were linked with Duke for a reason. It wasn't great today, even though he lays on the goal. Um, yeah, sh- they're definitely improved with Shinny there instead of uh, the boy you mentioned that's left, uh, James Mohammadi. Was that his name? Yeah, uh, Ramadani. Ramadani. Sorry, that's right. Uh, yeah, my abiding memory of him is. Uh, Getting rinsed in the by the Darvel winger uh, last year, so I, I think they've got an upgrade there. But yeah, I don't expect them to to trouble Europe too much or, or boost their coefficient much. But I would like to think that they will uh, trouble some other teams in Glasgow this season. That would be good. That would be good. Um, I was very impressed with Navroski. I thought that uh, there was a real stepping up in the second half. There's a moment there where, you know, he's new. He's trying to build this partnership with Carter Vickers. Here's your challenge, son. Carter Vickers isn't there. You're playing with Stephen Welsh now. And I thought uh, both of them played really well actually in the second half. But Novroski, he was winning balls in the air. His passing was good. Good range of passing as well. Um, yeah, so I'm really I'm keen to see how he develops. Uh, he's now, it's almost like he's the main man in the defence now that Carter Vickers is out, which is bizarre. <laughs> what a turnaround that is. Uh, but there's a few points coming through. I've already touched on home, who I, I like the look of. But Yang as well. Um, Danny says... James Yang with a bit of magic that Jota would be proud of. I, I've been talking all pre-season about the first four guys in the door, Tilio included, and the fact that they weren't bought as first-team players. But when you see some of the performances of likes of Yang at home, you think to yourself, it wouldn't surprise you if they, they play their way into this team as the season progresses, would it? Yeah, and it's, they're going to be a lot more sharper. You, you've probably seen how sort of electric and how lively Yang 
So I looked in the brief appearances we've seen him, it's because he's sort of three quarters away through our season. He's all, he's naturally going to be sort of up to match sharpness. I think you might see the same with Tilio when we eventually get to see him. I think that'll be about the middle of September. But these guys are going to be coming from teams where they were consistent starters as well. Yang's coming from a team where he was the focal point. He was the main player in their team. So if we're going from that to being a player on the bench, he's not going to be happy with that. So he'll be pushing and pushing and pushing to try and sort of get a starting berth. And if he keeps putting performances like that, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him sorry, in a starting position pretty soon. If we can get, perhaps even against Kilmarnock next weekend, it's a League Cup game, we might see a bit of rotation. I don't know if we'll go full strength as it is the Cup Celtic usually do rotate, especially in these early stages. Yeah, I know. And the big thing for me is, if you're going to be uh, doing that, type of rotation. I think we've seen it last se- last season with the goalie until Segrist was out of uh, out of commission. Uh, you got the first two games and goals, didn't you, Segrist? Uh yeah, absolutely. I'd love to see a wee bit of Yang um in that particular game. And you know, the, the player that he might have to replace is a badder who we've been bigging up Kevin McCluskey and we've been talking about obviously the fact that we expected maybe he would be one of the players to leave. Ben Rogers has spoken about the one to one that he's had with Abada. I think Abada started the season off particularly well, and including the pre-season in that as well, of course. Um, and today, he, he opens the scoring. He scored you know, the, a goal that he might have left and allowed to, to try and go in itself, but I thought he was instinctive with that. There was a few moments today where he could have done better, but I'm still liking the look at Abad. I think that this is his big season. I think so. I mean, we spoke about that throughout the whole of pre-season, that this is likely to be Abad's kind of his breakout season as such. I know his numbers have been really good over the last couple of years, but there was a spell last season when he just couldn't get in the team to start. So he was always coming off the bench. Um, I think this is his season to become a first-team regular, a number one in that position, one of the front three. I thought his first half today was pretty good. He's got to score that goal that he scored. If there's any doubt that that ball's not going in as a centre-forward or as any sort of forward player, you put whatever body part you can get on it and you make it cross the line and then you wait for the linesman to give the call either way. So 100% with him for that. His decision-making at times was a wee bit doubtful, but then some of what he's done is what a forward does. He's got a chance to shoot, so he's taking it on. And he's only 21, 22 years of age now, so he's still young. He's still still got time to learn, you know, as he gets older and gets back into the team on a regular basis. He'll see the runs that Kyogo's making more often in the past, and they'll come, I'm sure, with that. And Rodgers will have him on the training field anyway. We'll see big improvements from him, which I think is a is a scary good thought to have because he's already a really good player. I think Rodgers can help take him on to, to become the player that we kind of hope and believe he can be. So this is a huge yeah. season. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see just how far he can go. Yeah, well, I've asked you about a bad. I'm going to ask Sean. Uh, I'm going to ask you about the second goal scorer, Kyogo. There's been a bit of chat around a slightly different role that Kyogo plays. I think again we've seen that today. And uh, James at one point said he likes the the dirty side of Kyogo's game. And I didn't mean. I don't think he meant you know the fact that he's kicking players and all that. But there's a there is a side to Kyogo where he'll go in hard when he when he knows he can. Um, he'll go in uh, knowing that he'll get he'll get slammed, which happened a few times today. Winning back possessions for that as well. He's very very cute, very intelligent player. But we are seeing a slightly different side to him now, aren't we? 
Yeah, there was a lot of rough treatment from Aberdeen today. Uh, there was one in the first half where, um, he, again, the defender tracks him like back to almost Celtic's defensive third and wipes him out. We, we get the breakaway anyway, but like there was a lot of that going on. And, and I think there was one in the second half where he gets pulled in in the box. Uh, again, the, the commentator is just very decisive, like not enough in that. And he must have said that like three or four times, like mm-hmm. throughout the commentary, like not enough in that for me, not enough in that for me. I'm like, well, you're kind of acknowledging that there's a foul there. You just don't think we deserve a penalty, right? Uh, I thought the one in the first half where Abada uh, goes past, uh, I think it was Duncan. I don't think that ball's out of play. I think that should have been a penalty. Because the referee hasn't... Yeah, the referee hasn't given a cool kick, right? Until... <laughs> Abada gets filled and then he says, oh, Blinesen's flag's up, we'll go for it, goal kick or whatever. Yeah, I, I think we, we've Aberdeen got away with a lot today. That, that's a good point because we've won 3-1. I think we're uh, pretty chuffed with that up at Patoji, but you're right because you've got that Abada one down on the, the byline, right? You've got a handball that doesn't even go to VAR as well, which I found bizarre. Uh, was it Devlin? Devlin handballs. Uh, it's a clear handball. Uh, was yeah, so there's a couple. It bounces ah, up, hits him in the end that's right. Yeah. That's right. He moves his body around. We spoke about that, uh, James and I as well. So yeah, I think um, you know you tend to focus on that um, after maybe a particularly poor result. But yeah, fair play for mentioning it. The third goal scorer, O'Reilly, of course, James. Over to you on him. Um, I just think we've seen a, a development and a progression in that player. You know, for that first half season when he came in. We were kind of acquainting ourselves with this player who, at that point, had been playing third-tier English football. He'd been out the game for something like six or seven months. Bold, bold move not to sign a new contract with Fulham. Um, and then, obviously, training on his own during the pandemic. He, he gets this contract, um, as I say, in the third-tier English football, and he wins this move to Celtic, $1.5 million. It was a low-key kind of signing, low-risk signing. And I just think, you know, week on week, I'm seeing a player developing here who could become, I thought he was the most accomplished midfielder on the park today. Um, you know, he, over, he outshone Callum McGregor. And the one thing last season we, we probably criticised him for was his lack of goals, two and two. Uh, I know it's very, very early and we're already saying and predicting that Abada's going to have a big season. O'Reilly is promising to have one as well. Yeah, there's a lot of qualities to his game that go a bit understated. We've seen sort of the last two games that his finishing ability is might be a bit higher than many would have expected. The chances are when he is through on goal in the box, one on one with the keeper, he is going to blast it past him. And another part of his game that kind of goes a bit sort of under the radar is his defensive work. I don't think people take notice of that enough. There's a reason that he was the man who stepped back and filled in at defensive midfield last season when Cal McGregor was out injured. And it was phenomenal in that role as well. He got man a match in a Champions League game against Shakhtar. You you don't you've got to have some sort of quality to be able to impress in that position. And I can only see him raising the levels. You don't get linked with teams like Dortmund in the summer if you haven't got potential and a bit of quality about you. And we mentioned a lot of players how they have their own personal goals. Matt O'Reilly will be looking to get into that Danish national team. I think he's trained with the first team a few times, but he hasn't actually been called up. He's just been in and around under 21 squad he'll be looking to push to get a starting place in that Danish national team and if he continues with the form he's on now I wouldn't be surprised if we see him called up by the end of the year that would be brilliant I remember we asked uh, Morton Vickhurst about that last season uh, when we had him on as a guest and he did say that you know it's going to be very hard but he's in their thoughts and they know all about him so loads of really really good uh, performances I felt 
um, that we've got coming through as well. IH decorating what a brilliant piece of skill from Yang. Jota-esque. Long balls cause us no end of bother, though. We have a lot of work to do. This feels as though we're in a kind of defensive transition, I feel. Um, but we'll get there. You and boy, Martin, not a great win, but a win is a win and happy to get the three points. And Tom Cook, all I can say to you, sir, is Ange who? Ange ball just kicked off. I'm more interested in Rogers ball. We've not even got a name for that yet. Broge ball, perhaps. Um, hi, Ange here, says Tom Cook. Thanks for your support, Tom. Ange ball just kicked off. I might keep a, a, a quite a um, a casual eye on that particular game. Who are they playing, James? Brentford, is it? Yeah, they got Brentford uh, 1-0 up already. All right, interesting. Right, well done, everybody uh, involved in the comment section. Well done, everybody, for sending us jerseys. Uh, we started an initiative last week called um, Sell the Jerseys, and it's for young Jamie Tierney, four-year-old with uh, Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Um, it's a, a horrible condition which can only be treated. It cannot be cured at this moment in time. The family have to send them way outside of the UK for his treatment and it costs 60 grand a year. We are going to try and help him by collecting people's old Celtic jerseys and getting them signed up, framed up and auctioned or raffled off to raise some cash for the wee man. And I can't tell you how delighted I've been, how blown away I've been by the response. We're probably going to have about 100 jerseys in here um, next week. We're getting framed jerseys already, signed jerseys, match-worn jerseys, the works. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved in that. And if you want to help the cause, the links are underneath this particular video. I've got to say, I really enjoyed that today. Great game of football. There's lots to improve on, but there's lots to be positive about as well. All that's left for me to say, Kevin McCluskey, James McKenzie, Sean Connolly, thank you for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.